everyone. Welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. It's Minute 88, which I have starting with Jack smirking at Pulitzer mm-hmm. and going through the carriage driver just flying off that carriage <laughs> in one of the most amazing bits of bad choreography I think I've ever seen. <laughs> It was very funny. It was so good. I mean, I know it's the end of the minute, but I want to talk about it for a second. Okay. He's this. So you 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 will all recall that David removed the pin, mm-hmm. the single thing binding the horses to that carriage. Is that a not accurate? Pin. I guess it must be. Yeah. I would have thought that there would be more to it than that. I guess I'm picture. I tend to think of like in like Regency era historical romances. There's usually like the things that come up on either side of the horses and the oh, horses' yeah. actual harnesses are hooked to these... Right. Um, basically big old sticks coming out of the carriage. Okay. But I guess in this case, the horses are hooked to those and then those are hooked to the carriage with this pin. I thought of it as like a hitch trailer. Yeah. Trailer hitch? Trailer hitch. Yeah. Yeah, and I that that's clearly what this is. Yeah. But I guess I was just thinking that it would be more complicated than that but it's not because david removes that one pin a very important screw uh-huh. uh if i may shout out to fmk all day you may and so you would think if you're the carriage driver and you're sitting there holding the reins and, and the horses start to move off and the carriage doesn't go with it you would think like the reins will probably just start to pull out of your hands right and you'll either let go of them or you might lose your balance and fall while you try to hold the horses back. Right. But you're probably going to just like tip off and like kind of scramble off of the thing or just fall right over. You're not going to launch as though from a cannon. Okay. So there was a speed involved in catching the catching David and Jack. Yes. But I think that I, I agree with you. And I think that it's a weird time to put in comedic relief or kind Comic Comic really? Was it supposed to be that, though? I think so. I think it was supposed to be sort of like, ha, got him. Yeah, I guess I assumed that that what they were going for was, hey, guys, David's plan super worked. Yeah. The whole thing, it was a weird moment to have something so absurd happen. Um, The thing that cracked me up in that, though, and I do have some some more negotiation stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you see Sights? No. Did he laugh? No. Oh. Even better. He was stone-faced and slowly walking down the stairs. So (laughs) he's revealed by the guy getting pulled off. (laughs) But he has no expression on his face, and he's not hurrying in any way to do anything at all. And it just cracked me up because I was like, shouldn't he be... I think it might be like what you were talking about with Racetrack at the paper ripping scene. Mm -hmm. It sort of felt like he didn't know the camera was going to be on him, so he needed to be a body but not a face. Yeah. It really cracked me up in the face of this like really big physical moment. Yeah. And then he was there doing practically just standing. (laughs) Of course, now he also, and we'll find out tomorrow what he has to say, but he might just be... Accepting that it's a foregone conclusion that Jack is coming back. Right. Well, what I really want everyone to remember for next minute from this minute is that in that scene, he had made it down the stairs. Oh, okay. Um, 
what cracked me up was his face and how slowly he was moving. But then the next minute started, and um, yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, um, so he was like on the ground. He was by that big, point. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, okay. Let's back up to the top of the minute. Exactly. Now, now that we've told you, <laughs> this is backwards day. <laughs> Eighty-eight goes backward. It goes both ways. Uh huh. Um, I have the smirk you talked about um, on Jack's face. Uh huh. I said Jack realizes that that's not what he wants anymore. Yeah. The train, you know, that we were talking about the train away from these filthy streets with, with money in your pockets and no one chasing you. That's not what he wants anymore. Is that not what he wants anymore? I think that he, he sure does seem to later in the movie. Well, I th- right. I think that uh, he wants. He's he's concerned about the strike. I think he wants to see the strike through. Sure, sure. So it's um, not that he doesn't want right. to go to Santa Fe. It's that he's willing to delay that. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, and really, what this smirk is about is that he's willing to delay it because he has the power of. I don't care what you offer me. I'm not giving in. Right. But then the third temptation of Jack happens. Yep. And he doesn't do so great what's um, the third temptation james first of all i said the the movie is is a little or maybe more than a little about how to stand up to a bully uh-huh because he was just standing there sort of smirking and as we saw last minute just driving pullets are absolutely wild yeah um and then i start i started writing i must have you pretty scared and i paused it and i was like doesn't he call him an old man unpause old man i was like <laughs> oh i do have this movie pretty well in my head <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, but it was, it's also an interesting contrast because Pulitzer called, has called Jack boy a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Yeah. So um, what Pulitzer says is, I offer you freedom and money just to work for me. To your friends, I won't be so kind. And then he brings up Jack's friend David. And you see Jack's face fall. Yes. And then he brings up David's family. Yeah. Les, Sarah, yeah. his parents. Yeah. All these people who have become important to Jack and been kind to him. And so I wrote, Pulitzer has found Jack's weak spot. Uh-huh. And then Pulitzer says, think about it and give me your answer in the morning. Yeah. So I, w- I want to back up for a second. Yeah. So one of the things he says is, what would the refuge do to him? Right. Your friend David. What would the refuge do to him? And I want to talk about that. Because what would the refuge do to him? Do you think that the refuge would break David? Or do you think he would basically end up running the place? Because I kind of feel like he would just take over. Be kind of like an Orange is the New Black yeah, sort of situation. Yeah, that's exactly. I've, I've been binging season, slowly binging. I don't know if you can call it binging at the rate that I've been watching it. But I've been watching season seven. And I'm thinking of, you know, like how when Tasty was working for Caputo and basically kind of running the place. Yeah. it would. I really feel like David would end up doing that. I don't think that the refuge would really hurt him in any way except that he wouldn't be making money to bring back to his family dave is the new jack dave <laughs> yes it's an is it an example of pulitzer underestimating david again oh i'm sure well because he doesn't know that david's the one kind of driving everything mm. as far as he is aware david is just jack's good buddy yeah in in a way the cyrano model of union creation is actually pretty smart mm-hmm because you have, it's like, I mean, it's Dick Cheney, too. Yeah. It's like, ah, we got this guy who's saying all these things, and everyone's like, oh, man, this guy is so bad. Meanwhile, the guy behind him's like, <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying David is Dick Cheney. I'm just saying, <laughs> like. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you, you've, you've got a puppet master. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, at least a willing puppet. Right. Who is in on it and knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Jack's like, yeah, stick your hand up my ass. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, Jack's like, yeah, pull my strings. But 
Then, then, I, then you made it worse. I said it with I you. didn't say it because I was like, that might be pushing a line a little bit. And then you I, were like, line? <laughs> I, I said it because I know I'm editing this, so yeah. there's a chance I'll cut it. A chance. A chance. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I, think that, I think it's another example of... I, I think it's a wild thing for Pulitzer to say, too, because is the refuge... Did we establish the refuge is basically juvie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So David could get sent there even though he's not like an orphan. Yeah. It's wild that probably, they called it House of Refuge when it's not about refuge at all. Yeah. I think probably most of the kids who are in there are orphans yeah. or runaways or whatever. Pa- that's probably where Patrick is. Right. <laughs> Pay Patrick's mom. Have you tried the House of Refuge? Why don't you walk on... Oop. No. <laughs> nope. Too Can't do that. bad. Can't do that. But yeah, so I think most of them probably are because most of them are probably kids who got picked up for stealing food. Right. Or stealing something to buy food. Right. Or just stealing because it made them gave them a thrill. Because they're approaching adolescence and yeah. the hormones are making them want to take risks. Yeah. But those might be the ones who actually have families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, those the slum refuge kids. Yeah. Yeah. Slumming it. Um, yeah. I think I think you're right, though. I think David would, would probably do... I mean, the refuge didn't seem all that bad. I mean, the one scene that we saw, it didn't look super different from the Newsboys boarding house. I think... Yeah. I mean, they were allowed to wear hats at the boarding house. That's one. But they also were clean at the refuge. Pros and cons. Now, I didn't see at the bottoms of any of their feet. Right. Their feet might have been really gross, but their clothes looked clean. Right. Mush would have probably had to wear a shirt. Probably. So, I mean, I think that tips it. He would have had to wear a nightgown. Oh, yeah. The only other thing I have for this minute is... So Pulitzer basically kicks Jack out. He's like, go back to the refuge and think about it. Right. And so Jack is being walked out by sights. Yep. And Snyder. And Snyder. And David stands up and is like, Jack, over here. Come on. Over here. We're going to run away. I'm here to rescue you. Come on. Not, Not in so many words. I think he just yells, Jack, come on. But he's so loud about it. To Um, Jack's credit, doesn't want to make David look bad. Yeah. He runs away. He does. By sliding down a concrete banister. Kinda. Surely running down the stairs would have been faster. In my mind, in my recreation, when I knew that was about to happen, I paused it because, again, it was at the... Yeah. Or I guess it was in the middle of the minute. I don't know. I paused it it at the end of the scene. It was right at the end of the minute. Um, I was like, he jumps off the the edge of the stairs right no he doesn't even really do a cool banister slide he kind of just trots down a little i mean like he sort of slides on his butt a little but it's not long enough to get any slide action going well and it's it looked like it was made of like concrete it wasn't even like polished marble it didn't like he clearly was trying to slide and the fabric was catching on the banister and so he was mostly just kind of scooting along right and then once he got close enough to the bottom that he could jump over the side he was able oh, to do so thinking, yeah. but it would have been honestly faster for him to just take off running right but it wouldn't have looked as cool as what he probably thought it what yeah. he was doing looked style points yeah i mean because sites could very easily have just been like what no and reached <laughs> out and grabbed the back of his collar and pulled him back you're grounded mister papa sites returns uh-huh i guess we'll talk about it next minute but there's a there's a sense of David's taking a risk. And what if Jack had just been like, dude, no, just go yeah. home. Like right then, that would have been like, 
oh, come on. I did all this stuff. I hid out here. That guy didn't see me. What's up, guy? That guy didn't see me. What's going on, man? And I've been hiding right here. I took a very important <laughs> screw. <laughs> <laughs> to that guy's horse. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> I just said I took the screw. <laughs> I was testing it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this horse and carriage over to get that screw. I thought their harnesses were attached to the carriage. <laughs> I'm like Aaron. I thought it was different. I read historical romance novels. <laughs> Don't judge me. Toxic masculinity is a plague on the on the country, even now in 1899. So we have social media. We sure do. You can follow us on Twitter at Newsies Minute. Or individually, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashedly Aaron. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Aaron and James. You can find James on Twitter at Unabashed James. I try and keep that a secret when I'm doing my NPR voice. Okay. <laughs> we have a Patreon. It is patreon.com <laughs> slash Aaron and James. Uh, come be an ambassador. Come slide down banisters with us in a virtual world where it works just about as well as it does for Jack. <laughs> Sometimes we're really dumb. Yep. <laughs> we're away from the from the room. Uh-huh. We're away from Pulitzer. Now we have uh-huh. a fairly lame fight coming up tomorrow. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> but until then. So come for Crutchy. And run! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.